Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, and this week I'm speaking to Mark Keatling, the owner and co-founder of Do You Read Me, the magazine shop in Berlin that has been selling the best print publishing for the last decade. Mark opened Do You Read Me with his co-founder Jessica Wrights back in 2008, and it was brilliant to speak with him about the changes they've seen over that time. For starters, there were nowhere near as many independent magazines being made back then, and he talks about discovering new titles while he was away travelling and having this idea that he could open a shop to give these little-known titles a real home in Berlin. He has, of course, seen massive growth in independent publishing since those early days, so it's not surprising that the things he struggles with are all related to the sheer number of magazines out there. If you've been to the shop, you'll know it's packed floor to ceiling with magazines, so they're limited by what they can physically fit in the space, as well as the challenge of keeping track of the stock and staying up to date with publishers and all of that usual stuff. In these podcasts, we normally speak about independent magazines from the publisher's point of view, so it was really interesting to hear Mark's perspective, and he shares some of the most popular magazines they sell in the shop, as well as some of his own personal favourites. It's really notable that he started out 10 years ago as a magazine fan, and I think you can hear that 10 years later, that enthusiasm for print is still there. It was really lovely meeting him and finally getting to take a look around the shop. So I hope you'll enjoy this conversation with Mark Kiesling. All right, Mark, thank you very much for making time to speak. Um, You are, of course, the founder and co-owner of Do You Read Me here in Berlin. Um, How did this all start for you? Um, well, it's, it's almost 10 years ago now, so next year is our 10th anniversary. Um, and it started out of a kind of a, a need. Um, there was not something like uh, Do You Read Me existing in, in Berlin. Um, so uh, we have very good bookshops um, and um, I was a regular visitor of all those, but um, there was no, no place for like magazines, focus on magazines. So whenever I um, was traveling, I picked up the, the ones I, I, I liked and I, I found some new ones. But um, out of this uh, and uh, came the, the decision that why don't open just a store for that. So, so this was 2009? Uh, 2008 and nine, something like that. Eight, okay, so stack <coughs> exactly the same. We, we launched okay. in December 2008. Mm-hmm. And so I know because people said it to me. Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. We've just so the, we're we're going through recession. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, it can't have looked like a particularly sensible decision at the time. Mm. Well, yes and no. Um, it was. Um, we we said okay. Um, let's let's do something that is not like. Um, we, so we had no no bank credits or whatever for the store. So it was just uh, I um, was running. A, uh, I'm still running a, a creative agency. Um, and um, so I, I had some some money in the bank from, from like on the bank account, and so we said, okay, let's just start whatever we can handle, and we started quite small, and uh, it was, um, yeah, I, I just thought knowing friends and and, and people around that uh, actually they would be interested, so it was kind of a, for me it was a safe thing, but for Jessica she comes from the books, um, she she's a bookseller. She said, "Well, uh, I, I actually about magazines I don't know that much, um, 
So, but why not? So it was a kind of an adventure for both of us. But um, it's, uh, yeah, I thought it would, would will work. Yeah, but so it's, so your background is creative director, di- uh, designer. I'm I'm graphic designer, and I did some uh, some magazines as well. So um, yeah, it's a kind of the thing I do normally. Like working with print is the the focus I have. And so thinking back then, uh, so ten years ago. Mm-hmm when you were going around to other people's places and, and finding these magazines, which were the ones back then that really made you think, I've I've got to open a shop <clears throat> to sell this stuff? Um, well, it was the starting year for some of the magazines. Uh, we still are around, like uh, Series V2C was in the first years. Um, then uh, Pin Up was kind of starting. Uh, Apartamento was just launching. Um, then acne paper was one of the most f- the favorites I had. Um, Monocle was still in the early ages <laughs> as well, but um, so there, there, there's been stuff around and and when like purple or of course ID and stuff like that, the normal. Uh, but um, uh, when traveling, like for example, when I was in 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 the states, um, there were like music magazines or architecture magazines that I haven't heard of before. So I was thinking, well, why don't bring something like that to Germany? So this was the kind of the, the international things to Germany. And, and how have you seen this landscape change over the last 10 years? Um, well, like, like you said now, uh, that people asked you if you're crazy because everything was just like not so sure about print. But <clears throat> as we see it right now, it's just the, the opposite, actually. It's uh, totally um, increased the amount of uh, titles. A lot of young people started magazines because it's kind of the um, almost a natural thing to do. And then when, once you do the blog, now you do a magazine or you do both. But um, so it's um, yeah, it really increased a lot. And it's uh, not always, it's not getting easier, let's say like that. So um, with a normal job, you normally get into the job and you, you get more and more experience. But we are just overwhelmed and surprised every day like what comes out next so you mean by just the variety of magazines mm. that are arriving because you must get sent stuff from all around the world coming here yeah we um by the variety and as well by the topics so it the the, the focus changes now uh, it was bicycles uh, the years before now it's food then it's interior then it's a mix of both and it's uh, i don't know um so whatever you can think about, the 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 smallest niche, uh, a new title will pop up, and it's it's really fun, and it's um, and uh, yeah, people from all over the world send uh, magazines uh, or send like PDFs uh, and ask uh, if if you can get this into. So it's uh, and it's always people that start. So um, it's uh, it's always a kind of a. Um, like like on the first days, you have to establish the connection. You have to make sure how you get it here, uh, about shipping, about um, and as well <laughs> that that you get a proper invoice and stuff like that. So it's always the same with with in every every year. So yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I guess this is the important thing. Can you tell when you see a magazine come through? You see it for mm. the first time. Can you tell what's going to sell? Or actually, is this still something that takes you by surprise? Uh, well, both. Um, there are some titles that maybe I personally do not like that much, um, just by the design or by whatever. But uh, um, then you see that there's like a real, um, like they, they already have their audience or their, their, their fan group on Instagram or Facebook. So maybe you just are not like 
you, you cannot know about everything. So there's there's parts uh, of publishing world as well that you don't know, but it's uh, it's always surprising and uh, and and it's and and it's really. Um, but once you get to know the people, it's easier. If you only see the magazine, it's it's sometimes not so easy. But but in general, yes, you can say this will sell better um, and this maybe not. But um, it's always a hard decision to say no as well. But some, we have to say no as well because the space is very limited in the stores. You right? only have so much space, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Did you sell Sabat magazine? In fact, I, yeah. I saw you've got the the new uh, Sabat papers downstairs. Mm -hmm. So that was the one I remember when we interviewed Elizabeth um, mm -hmm. on the blog and didn't really expect to get anything from it. I mean, who's into witchcraft these days? <laughs> and then it just went completely nuts. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this one, uh, like, like I, I liked it from the very beginning because it was it was kind of uh, weird and special. But um, the the whole thing was it... Um, like how it was made was just like very, very well fitting to the topic as well. So it was kind of a strange publication and, and it really was so. But yeah, it was a real fan crowd around it. Yeah, it's really. And so which have been the ones over the years that every time you the uh, delivery comes in, you just know that's going to sell out and you're going to be reordering again? Um, yeah, it's the, the most, maybe the more obvious ones like... Uh, I don't know. Um, Kinfolk is, of course, very successful. Appartamento, Seriously to See, um, um, as well as some interior titles because there's like professional people into that as well. Um, some, like of course the the um, special uh, fashion titles for the seasons, so in September issues and stuff like that. Uh, Monocal as well. Um, so like the kind of more more normal stuff. Or, today yeah, yeah 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 and so what is it do you think that they do so well like the what is it that i mean 032c they're based here in the city mm. there's a, there must be a big following here in the city but say apartamento mm. or kinfolk what, what is it do you think that magazines like that are doing that means everyone wants to buy them um well it's not everyone that's the other thing so but a lot of people uh, um with apartamento i think they're just like um they they've always stayed true to the, what they do. So it wasn't from the beginning they they wanted to do something with uh, with people uh, with photography with interior, but not like the obvious stuff that was done before. So they 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 told the story behind the people and how they live. And so this is something. It on the one hand it never gets old. Um, so it's a and uh, it's always interesting, of course, to have to sneak peek into other people's life. Um, so this is what I think, and 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 they have interesting um, people they select for for the interviews and for for the um, for the photography and uh, as well writing and uh, taking care. So I think it's just that um, if they stay curious and they 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 really want to 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 continue. Um, find new places find new people and and talk about them so this is something that to stay curious i think as well and they didn't sell out as well so they they really focus on what they can do and want to do and not only what what would be best to make money in the end so right yeah yeah what do you see at the moment that is most exciting for you what's the stuff that you're really looking forward to putting in front of people Oh, it's uh, it's really it's like uh, if you ask what is my favorite magazine, it's so hard <laughs> to tell. Um, 
it's always I get that um, a lot as well. <laughs> it's always changing and uh, and and um, because we have to browse um, like like everything that comes in, there's always uh, um, stuff that I I, um, I like more and uh, but but the f most that I say this is the one. Uh, what I what I did like in the past was Luncheon magazine. Uh, I think it's just really really well done. Um, and then there was a, um, one, it's called Filter, it's a photography magazine. Um, and they had a special on photosynthesis, <coughs> like beautiful photography in there. Um, so what I always like, but it's just like, a, it's uh, the AA files from the Architecture Association. I just like the layout and whatever. So, uh, th and that it's so, yeah, it's, it's not... It's not so attention grabbing in the end, but it's uh, it's just a very very good title. You've got so. a really nice kind of architectural section going mm. downstairs. The, so I, uh, where is it? <laughs> Where, where's the one that I picked up today? Okay, sound effects and everything. Yeah, yeah. Sound effects. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so volume. So I, I've never come across this before. No, it was actually smaller before. So uh, it was a more like a normal um, magazine version before and a lot smaller oh maybe i right so maybe i have seen it actually yeah yeah, but yeah. this is a redesign now ah. so i think it's the first or the second issue that is now produced like that um yeah i think uh what i'm always surprised with the architecture titles that they are actually quite well done because uh, and they they have good photography uh good writers and and uh, actually quite interesting but if you compare that to graphic design titles, I, it's just like um, this. I don't know if it's a, if it's a joke or not. But that graphic designers don't have good business cards. But <sighs> but in the end, if you see this and then you see the graphic or the whole design uh, titles that really focus on design, it's just a mess in the end compared to architecture. And uh, I actually I don't understand that. But um, you see it as well in sales. So. Um, if you have a normal graphic design title, um, like a normal one, it will not sell that well normally really? um, in the store. Yeah, really? at least um, there's of course um, the normal stuff, uh, or, or like uh, if if it's on photo uh, typography, or or like printed pages, of course sells very well. And uh, but um, just the random design title, like in Germany, it would be um, design report, for example. I think mm -hmm. I'm not even sure if it still exists. Uh, or form, which is like a very old German title, which is actually very well done, good writing, good photography, but it's uh, it's still I don't know, it's not really um, on time or, or it's yeah, it's just something is missing there. Yeah, yeah. And so when you're looking across your shelves and you have your mm. limited amount of space, are you thinking is your job mainly to give? the people what they want so the the popular titles that they've seen before hmm. or is it putting new stuff in front of them and I, and I noticed today as I, I, I walked in the shop hmm. and you've got the um oh, what's the great big gardens magazine um at the moment it's british magazine um uh it's pleasure garden pleasure gardens yeah, there you yeah, go yeah, yeah yeah which like you know as the first magazine to hmm. greet you as you come in the shop hmm. like that's a real kind of impact hmm. um well Actually, we, we we try to have a good mix. So um, um, even if we if we have titles that are uh, are going very well, um, um, they will be put next to other titles that are close in kind of the topic. 
but that they are kind of new or niche or or just like a very small amount uh, produced so we try to that that the one brings up the other one as well so if people go into the store and and look for i don't know um, art forum or whatever then we will have maybe next or on top of it something else that is kind of maybe the even more interesting one and that they then see as well so we try to make combinations of them that makes sense so the, so next to pleasure garden you've got i think it's like the new monocle uh, winter yeah. paper is sitting mm. next, just next to it mm. but this of course sometimes it's not it's not always planned it's just as well um, <laughs> like, like what comes in and uh, and then you you want to pre uh, present the new stuff uh, or even sometimes only because you have uh, incredible you have a, a big amount of, of copies getting in store you don't know where to put it so you put it there and so over the time it changes to the one to the place you do actually want to have it but um, yeah there's probably only so much you can control these yeah, stacks yeah. of magazines yeah. I don't know how you do I don't know how you keep on top of all this stuff that's, <laughs> that's coming in we don't keep on top of it so <laughs> uh, we, we, we tried this this month we tried to set up a system to make more um, be behind that so we up the last 10 years we'd only be working with excel sheets and stuff like that and was actually compared to the what we do now it was just heaven in the end so it was even if we didn't know it was uh, what we sell and how many um it was just like more i don't know feeling better in the end now it's always with the machine and there's a lot of work oh really uh, but um you're harking after the good old days <laughs> yeah kind of <laughs> <laughs> writing invoices by hand and stuff like that oh god <laughs> so i mean you like you know you obviously a lot of thought goes into the layout of the shop mm. does that mean then that when you travel and maybe you go to um Ateneum in Amsterdam mm. or you go to Mag Culture in London are you <coughs> kind of you're in there looking at ideas and how because I know Jeremy came to mm. see you before he set up yeah, his yeah. place yeah do you have an eye on each other sure well uh it's um i mean i i did even visited stores like that before uh, we opened uh, do you read me so um it's it's both a personal interest um and of course as well you kind of spy on whatever they the other one does better or what titles are in there so it's um maybe today you feel more guilty when you start writing notes but um <laughs> i did it before so <laughs> <laughs> so it's so fun it's actually quite um yeah but um of course it's it's always interesting because you you only you're kind of living in your own world and you have your kind of normal everyday problems so whenever you are uh, traveling you are just have a much wider horizon and you can can have better ideas in the end than just doing your everyday stuff yeah so. yeah all right tell me tell me about some of these normal everyday problems what <laughs> what is the what's the big challenges that you face in trying to sell these magazines um, well, at the moment, it's uh, we like setting up this uh, this uh, ERP system that we um, we can keep track of um, whatever we order and sell and stuff like that. Um, but uh, it's it's kind of keeping track of what is comes out um, that you always uh, um, find a good distribution for that that you. Um, um, have can stay in contact with all the different publishers um, and the distributors that you because we not only sell magazines that we as well have an eye on the books um, and um, so it's actually yeah just uh, stay stay on top of what happens is happening actually and, and how do you find the balance between the magazines and the books as mm. over the years has one kind of taken the lead 
Um, no, we started with, uh, it, it was always intended that we have books. So, but in the beginning, it was more like 80% books and 20%, uh, uh, 80% magazines and 20% books. And now it's maybe uh, 30 or 40% books. So it's, uh, the books just um, went more and more because um, over the years, we, we had more distributors and publishers. We visited more fairs. So, and then uh, if you don't sell everything, the it just gets more and more and more so <laughs> and uh, but it was always intended that uh, for the um, for the areas uh, or the categories we have uh, magazines on that we have as well books on that right um, of course yeah, yeah yeah and I guess the beauty of books is that they don't go out of date quite as quickly as magazines yeah. do yeah, yeah yeah so they can hang around for a bit longer they can hang around for a little bit longer but um, then as well the space um, is quite limited so we have to see that um, we keep um this in kind of a rotation as well yeah yeah which is good on the other hand because then you have to say yes and no um and so you it's kind of natural selection <laughs> <laughs> natural selection oh god it all sounds like very doggy dog all of a sudden <laughs> yeah kind of but uh, yeah and so looking ahead then to maybe the next 10 years mm. what do you see like where do you see the shop going because it's so you have more than one shop um, we had um, some satellite stores in Berlin and uh, we are um, or we had different kind of uh, smaller satellites and different fairs like uh, in, in Switzerland, in, in Basel. Um, we had this now for eight or nine years um, for when there's Art Basel and Design Miami. And um, we've been to, to Brussels, uh, we've been to, um, to Copenhagen and so on. So, but um, in in the end, um, we the stores in Berlin. We it was always like shop in shops kind of. So um, we we actually decided to to stop that and either we open like a second one in Berlin or somewhere else by our own, but not like this uh, that somebody else takes care of because this is not actually not working. So mm. we we had always we had the the hope that it will work but it's not it's not really working so if you don't take care by yourself and or you know someone very well that is only taking care of it it will not happen so. it, it, i mean it, it sounds like it's that thing where you're like well yes yeah, obviously that's that's mm. easy we can send the magazines over you take care of it but yeah, yeah. at the end of the day if it's not you doing it yourself mm. it's not going to be done in the way that you want it no and if you don't know who's coming in who's asking for what if you don't keep track of that you you just it's it's like a random pieces that are there and so it, it will not work no yeah. not the same way. And, and how about in the shop downstairs can you think of are there things that you're planning to change up in the coming years or are you thinking that it's, <laughs> let's, let's keep it on this level <laughs> um it's always the 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 shop it's it changes in small details so the bookshelf went bigger and bigger uh, the magazine magazine shelves always have been like that so um and we w don't have any more walls for that so <laughs> it, it will stay like that um <clears throat> maybe the the furniture will change a little bit but um there's no big things we can do uh and um but um yeah we had uh, in the i don't know five years ago now uh, we had this reading room as well like uh, it was a, a space we had for for presentations and talks and uh, exhibitions and uh, it was actually something we we had to stop because we just were sub-renting the space so um, but if we find another space like that we might open like again a reading room for one or two years or if it if it works for longer as well yeah yeah so this would be something we're kind of looking for 
Well, I'd like to go to that. So (laughs) I'll keep my fingers crossed on that. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) All right, nice to meet you. Thank you very much for taking the time. Thank you for coming by. Yeah. Okay, that's all for this week. I would like to say thanks again to Mark for taking the time to speak with me. If you're listening to this podcast, I imagine there's a very good chance that you've already been to Do You Read Me? But if not, I can thoroughly recommend it. They've got a brilliant selection of titles and you'll be able to let Mark's careful layout of titles lead you to all the good stuff around the shop. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can hear lots more conversations with magazine makers in our archives. Just go to SoundCloud or iTunes and search for Stack Magazines, and you'll find all of our previous episodes in there. And of course, if you follow us while you're there, we'll be able to deliver next week's episode as soon as it's ready. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back with another episode next week.